uh, follow along with, with part one, uh, come to the conclusion of, and, and you know, our, our ministers and a lot of us, and, and as the series goes on, you're going to come to that conclusion too, that we've neglected the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And uh, you can just tell, you know, you can just tell by the way we live, even by the way we worship, by the way everything we do. And so the, the goal of this series is to take it to another level, okay, because God has given us so, so much, and we want to take full advantage of that because it's a promise. It is, is his love pouring out for us. So also on our website, uh, you're going to get a, a card today, and that will be available on our website. So if you want to email it to somebody, you know, and share what you're learning, feel free to do that. Post it online. So much happens online, Facebook and Twitter and all these things. So uh, God uses uh, the, the, you know, the, the Internet for changing lives. I've seen it even in the last few weeks. So feel free to do that. Also got your newsletter. Uh, there should be a copy of your newsletter on the website also. It has discussion questions. Highly, highly recommend. You do it in your groups. You go through uh, your roommates, uh, people that you know. Go through those discussion questions because that's where change happens when you can talk it out and make a decision. Hey, I'm going to change. I'm going to walk in this direction from now on. And I want you to hold me accountable to that. Okay, and that's what, that's what friends do. Okay, so last week we started out with a question. What would it be like to spend a day with Jesus? Would you like that? Would you get fired up about that? Absolutely. To spend a whole day with Jesus from beginning to end, a lot of your questions would be answered. Uh, and some questions you would not ask Jesus. You would avoid those questions. But if we were to compare to say, hey, Jesus, uh, or hey, God, if I could spend the day with Jesus or spend an eternity with the Holy Spirit, which one would you choose? The truth is, a lot of us would be inclined to spend the day with Jesus because we don't understand the Holy Spirit. We'd rather be with a, a physical person. And that's a travesty because look at what Jesus said. We looked at this last week. If we could bring this in a little bit. Very truly, I would tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And Jesus was saying this. He was saying this to disciples as he prepared them. I'm leaving. But unless I go, I can't send you somebody as our vernacular would be. The Holy Spirit is way better, way better than my physical presence. Imagine Jesus saying that. That versus my physical presence, the Holy Spirit is for your good. And in other translations, it says better or best, way better. But if you don't feel that, we've got a problem. And we want to fix that problem in the coming weeks. And here's one of the, the, the things that we looked at last, last week is, are we dependent on ourselves or are we de desperate for his spirit? And as Americans, we recognize we're incredibly self-reliant, okay? We are independent islands. We rely on ourselves, and society's built that around us. But see, that doesn't get it done. Where does the Holy Spirit show up? When people are desperate for his presence. That's where he shows up. That's where he makes a difference. So I want to encourage all of us in this study to go through and be desperate for God. I want more of him, less of me. And if you're a guest here today, you're probably here because somebody bribed you to come. Or maybe you're at that critical point where you're saying, you know what, I've had enough of my life the way it's been going, and I need God. Amen. 
I need him right now. See, you're in a perfect place. You're in a perfect place where the Holy Spirit could show up in your life and start moving you in God's direction. So today what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking at a theological study. Holy Spirit 101 is what I like to call it. And in about 35 minutes, we're not going to be able to cover, you know, this complete study of the Holy Spirit because people have dedicated their whole lives to studying the Holy Spirit and they still just scratching the surface. But we're going to talk about today is theology. You say, well, what is theology? That's what you think, and it really doesn't affect the way we live. No, let me tell you something. What you believe and know affects the way that you live. If you don't know enough, then you're not going to change the way you live. And so we've got we to deal with this, but it is not in any way, shape, or form an exhaustive study of the Holy Spirit. You have the rest of your life to do that. And, and let's just say this. Look at this verse in Deuteronomy 29, 29. It says this, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may follow all the words of this law. He starts out by saying, you know, there's the secret things of God, Right? Uh, I, I just want to lift up the singles ministry because they did a tremendous job on Friday night uh, just leading us in, in prayer and worship on Friday night. But there was one video that we watched in one of the stations of prayer. And the video was, how big is God? God is big. And his blow away when they took us through the video. And so I was just like, my brain gets like tied in a knot when I think about some of the stuff of the universe. And that's when we talk about God, we're talking about somebody infinite. Okay, we will never understand all that entails God or the Holy Spirit. Okay, they're secret things. But there are some things, there are some things, that's the good news, there are some things that are revealed to who? To us. To us. They, they belong to us. And they're treasured things. And if they belong to you, do you want to like put them away and just keep them someplace where you never use them and you never take advantage of them? No, they belong to you and they're there for you to use and live out. And so that's why we need to hit it because I believe many of us are not taking advantage of what God has given us. And they don't only belong to us, but they belong to our children. Many of you are parents here this morning. What's your desire for your children? Do you want to just give them some good things? Or do you want to give them everything you possibly can, the best? Most parents want to give their children a lot more than they got. And in this, in this area, this is so important because you want to give your children everything, everything that they can to live out what God has planned for them. Another verse here, Job chapter 33, look at what he says. The Spirit of God has made me. The breath of the Almighty gives me life. And, and, and like right now, right now as I'm talking, you know who's making all of this possible? Whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, the Spirit of God is making this possible. So I, I want to tread on holy ground as we talk about this material because th this, this is way beyond us. And, and we're just going to, you know, we're going we're gonna to try to learn some things, but it is so, so, so powerful what we're going to talk about today. 
And he gives us life. And if we can even go back, when, when did the Holy Spirit show up on the creation? In Genesis, the very beginning, the Bible tells us, where was the Holy Spirit? Where was he? He was hovering over the water as God was putting everything together. Isn't that awesome? He was there in the beginning. He was a finger of God. He was, he was working with God together, orchestrating, making what we now look at as the creation. And you go, wow, that's... that's too much for me. But look at what, look at what, and we talk about the, the Holy Spirit, and we talk about God. We usually read this verse at Christmas, Isaiah 9, verse 6. For, us to, for, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called, let's say this together, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. These are some powerful words. And I just want you to know, you can't put a word or words on God, on Jesus, on the Holy Spirit. Our vocabulary is not extensive enough. And these are very, very powerful words. Okay, so as we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're going to touch some words and we're going to touch some ideas and some thoughts and theology, but it does not come close to what God has in store for us. So get ready, get ready. So when did the, when did the first followers receive the Holy Spirit? Or better question, when did the Holy Spirit show up in your life? And, and we can get lost in this question because, you know, you know what, I, I, I got to say, I had some experiences as a, as a, as a young man, or, or a boy even, 12 years old. I had some experiences where God was, he was shaking my life. You know, and, and I, it's hard to say, so we're not even going to get into the discussion of when did the Holy Spirit show up in your life, okay, because it can go on and on, you know, as a teenager, and, and I can remember clearly, vividly, when the Holy Spirit was moving my life, and I was at a club one night, 21 years old, and scales fell from my eyes, and I said, what in the world am I doing in this place? I got to get out of here. This is not where God wants me, and I got to go, and I got to learn and, and study the Bible and get right in a right relationship with him, and that night, things started changing for me. Okay, but, but for everybody, when does the Holy Spirit show up? And when did he show up in the first followers? And we talked about this last week, but it's important for us to hit. Acts chapter 2, verse 37, in context. And you got to understand, the majority of the Bible is written to who? The New Testament. The majority of the New Testament is written to who? Christians, churches, they were letters written to people already in a right relationship with God. But we have this section in Acts chapter 2 where Peter, the same guy that Jesus said, Peter, I'm giving you the keys to the car. I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom, and you are going to open the door to the kingdom. And people are going to walk in thanks to you. So don't get a big head, Peter. You're going to need the Holy Spirit, which he got. He got on this day, and he's preaching. He's preaching about Jesus. He's preaching that Jesus died for your sins. And the people heard this message, and they believed it. They believed that Jesus died for their sins, and he was the Messiah. And look at the response. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. More evidence of true believing faith. They were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? 
This is a very, very important point where the Holy Spirit shows up. And, and, you know, we can go round and round and round, but for everybody who wants to get in a right relationship with God, this is where it starts. I believe, and there's a response. And you ask the question, what do I got to do to get right with God? What do I need to do? So they asked Peter, the guy with the keys to the kingdom, they asked Peter in a public setting, what do we got to do, Peter, to get right with God? And he goes on in verse 38, he says, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and here is what we're looking for, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is when it happened for the first followers. Now, were there exceptions to this? Sure there was. But for the great majority of people, for for somebody that's coming along into faith, what do you need to get the Holy Spirit? You need to believe, you need to repent, and you need to get baptized. It's that simple. It's that simple. So if you're a guest here today, let me just ask you, have you done this? Have you done this? If you haven't, I, I just want to encourage you to get on the path to doing that. Because this is so powerful. You know, when I was going through my change, I didn't want anything fancy. I just wanted to get in a right relationship with God. I was desperate. I wanted forgiveness. I knew about, I was looking at all my sin. I said, I need forgiveness for a lot of stuff. I've heard a lot of people. And most of all, I've heard God. And I didn't even know about the Holy Spirit. But I said, man, give me everything. Whatever's coming, give it to me. I want it. I need it. And I didn't know how bad I needed the Holy Spirit until the first week of living, trying to live as a Christian. Boy, did I need the Holy Spirit then. But look at what it says here. You'll receive a gift. Now, when somebody gives you a gift, do you argue about how it comes? I want it in a, I want it in a, in a colored envelope. I don't want a white envelope. Give me a colored envelope. Can I have a flower on it? $25 gift card? Really? How about 50? How about 100? I can get a lot more with 100. Why are you giving me 25? When somebody gives you a gift, what do you do? <laughs> Thank you. Now, if you are trying to go back and forth with it, you got to go, man, you're, you're not ready yet. We, we got to go back to the last verse. Here, are you, are you even cut to the heart? Are you even asking this question? Do you have a humble heart going, hey, what do I got to do? And Peter said it. I'm not saying it. Peter said it. And then look what it says. This promise that we just saw, this promise is for who? It's for you. It's for you and for your children and for who? All. Everybody. Now, there may be a select person here and there. People tell me, well, what about the, the thief on the cross? Yeah, he was thief on the cross, and he, he got forgiven on the spot, and Jesus had the power to do that. But the thief on the cross is not all, is he? He's one guy. He's one guy. Well, I wanted what he had it. There we go again with you arguing with your gifts. Come on. Let's, let's, let's look at this in context. If God's giving you a gift, you just, thank you. However it comes However, Peter said, it's for all who are far off. That'd be California. (laughs) Palestine to California. Yes, we fall in that category. Okay. From whom the Lord God will call. 
whether you know it or not, God has called you. Remember when he called you? It's not one time either. God keeps calling. Okay, house calls. Calls at work. Calls when you're just trying to get away. You're running away and God is calling you. And you know, I don't want to know God. Yeah, I'm coming. And I love you that much. Stop running. Give your life to God. And, and so this is, this is where the Holy Spirit showed up for the first followers of Christ in the first century. So here we go with the 101. Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? And this is, this is something that, that people, they, they get caught in this, the, the Holy Spirit, so they think he's an it. He's not an it. He's a person. Holy Spirit is a person. And when you think about a person... Can you wield a person like a power, you know? And this is sometimes when, you know, people look at think it's Star Wars. Let the force be with you. Holy Spirit's not the force. <laughs> Holy Spirit is a person. You don't use the Holy Spirit. You live in a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Okay, it's a relationship. It's a person. And I talked about this extensively last week. You can talk to him. You can talk to him. You can call him by name. You can call him counselor. You can call him advocate. Okay? You can call him Holy Spirit. He's a person. Look at this verse that Jesus shares with us. John 14, verse 17. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. You know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Look at what Jesus is saying to his followers. Is the Holy Spirit in it? No, I mean, let's just him, 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 him. Okay, it, it's, he's a person. And he wants a relationship with you. And he wants to be closer to you than you are right now. I promise you that. And you gotta want to, co you, wanna, you wanna reciprocate that relationship. And, and, and this is so, so important. We go on. Another thing, the Holy Spirit is God. I've heard it said that, uh, you know, there's the Trinity, and the, the, this is biblical, the Trinity. God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. Some people try to put it in, 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 in terms of, uh, you know, it's kind of like uh, water, and it's uh, three, three, you know, conditions or forms, the three forms of water. You've got actual physical water, you've got ice, and then you've got vapor. Okay, that, that's cute. That's not God. That's not the Holy Spirit, and that's not Jesus. It's cute. It may be, but it's way beyond that. But the three are one. Okay, we, we can't get that. Wait a minute. Three, one, which one? No. See, that's where you and I need to be open to God's presence. It's not, it's not our level. And this verse talks about it. God, Holy Spirit is, and this is a strong verse. We don't have time to go through it, but it, basically what, what Peter is saying is God and the Holy Spirit are interchangeable words. Okay, they're interchangeable. He says God, and then he says the Holy Spirit, same person. The Holy Spirit is eternal. He's eternal. We looked at this last week, John 14, verse 16. How long is the Holy Spirit going to be with you? Forever. That was Jesus' promise. Not for a little while, not for just your lifetime, which I love that. 
Because I go with the Holy Spirit after I'm dead and gone. He'll still be with me forever. That's awesome. Okay? He's eternal. The Holy Spirit has his own mind, and he prays for us. And I love this verse. I love this verse that we're about to see because it's so, I need this verse. Romans 8, 27, it says, And he who searches our hearts, he knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Ever been a time where you, didn't, you were praying and you didn't know what to say? I'm just out of words. The Holy Spirit's going to go ahead and go ahead of you. And, and, and you know, every bit of the time when you're praying and you're saying stupid stuff, and you just go, what did what, I just say? Okay, what, what, what am I saying? What did I just say to God? Holy Spirit's going to fix that for you. Okay? He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna redirect it. And not only that, you know, when, when, we're, when we're, we're far from God and we're, we're not in a good spot spiritually, maybe that's where you are right now. You're not in a good space, a spot spiritually. Guess what the Holy Spirit is doing for you right now? He's interceding for you. He's calling out to God for you. God, he needs help. She needs help. And, and that's so encouraging. It's so encouraging. But when you know this, I, I want to encourage you to respond to this. Respond to this and, 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 and reciprocate what God is doing for you in accordance with the will of God. The Holy Spirit is going to help you get back on track. Okay, when you're not in God's will. And he's going to use people too, so just be ready because people that you love have the Holy Spirit and they're going to walk up to you and then say, so what's going on? What do, you, what do you mean what's going on? You know what I mean. Are you judging me? No, bro. I'm loving you. I can see it in your eyes. You're not in a good spot. And you're going to dance around and, you know, make excuses. But you've got to understand it's the Holy Spirit through that person trying to bring you back, trying to help you. And we need to be comfortable with that and go, you know what, I, I, I'm thankful that I'm in a community where I'm loved, where people are going to step out and help me and get involved in, in my needs. And so this is a very encouraging verse the Holy Spirit has emotions, and I want to spend a little time on this. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm from a Latin background, and people would categorize Latin people as emotional. Italians are emotional, too. Filipino people are emotional. African-American people are emotional. Right? Holy Spirit is, has emotions has emotions. And you just think, well, man, emotional people are kind of weak. You know, because it's a weakness. In our society, emotion, emotional people can be seen as, it can be seen as a weakness. Instead of steady and strong, well, I feel nothing. <laughs> you just, you're strong. I, there's something wrong with you. See, because God didn't create, God created emotion. He created you and I to feel things. And the Holy Spirit feels things. 
deeply. We can't even realize what the Holy Spirit feels. Look at this verse. Ephesians 4, 30. It says, and do not, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. This word here means tremendous sadness. Don't do it. You know, when you, you do things that hurt other people and hurt God, the Holy Spirit is grieved. He's grieved. You know, when two brothers and sisters, family members don't get along and they're fighting with each other, that grieves the Holy Spirit. When there's division in the church, it grieves the Holy Spirit. When there's sin in the church, when you're doing stuff you know your conscience is screaming out, you're doing this stuff and you know it's not right, grieves the Holy Spirit. Deep sadness. What kind of things grieve the Holy Spirit? Well, here, he goes on the next, very next verse. And, and I just want to mention this, this, this whole thing. The, the Holy Spirit seals our relationship with God. I mean, it's uncontaminated. You are sealed in a relationship with God. Verse 31. These are things that grieve the Holy Spirit. Get rid of all bitterness. How do you think the Holy Spirit feels about bitterness? When you're holding and harboring something against someone or some situation and you just, mm, and you just, you're just, mm, you're just mad. You've been treated so unjustly. You've been wronged. Maybe so. But when you hold that in, that bitterness, that anger, that grieves the Holy Spirit. Grieves him. Rage grieves the Holy Spirit. Makes him sad. Uncontrolled anger is what rage is. When you blow up and when you go off, teens, when you do this with your parents and you do this with your friends, it grieves the Holy Spirit. And you got to have a heart and a conscience about that. You know, when you're angry, when you're, when you're fighting, brawling, when you talk bad about somebody behind their back, that grieves the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of things, but this is just a few that Paul wanted to let us know, along with every form of malice. In other words, when you are trying to hurt someone in any shape or form, send a message to them, you know, turn your back on them, give them the silent treatment. Well, I'm not going to say anything because if I say something, I'm going to hurt somebody. Well, the silent treatment is a form of, mm, I'm going to stick it to you. I, you know, I, I get word of some married couples where they give each other the silent treatment. They don't talk for days. You know, during those days that you're doing that, grieves the Holy Spirit. He's just saddened. You know, and, and I get in some situations with brothers and sisters in the church where they're not getting along, and I hear her side, I hear her side, I hear his side, I hear their side, and I just go, okay. Yeah, she's probably right, she's probably wrong, she's probably right, she's probably wrong, but this whole scenario is so sad. So sad. And I guarantee you, if we felt what the Holy Spirit felt about things, I guarantee you, on the moment, we wouldn't do it and we wouldn't get close to it. We'd stay away from it. 
So what the point here is, is get your emotions attached to the Holy Spirit's emotions so you can feel what he feels. And I promise you, there would be less division. There'd be less anger. There'd be less problems in the church if we can get the Holy Spirit more in tune with the way we think and feel or us in tune with him. All right, now let's flip the side. Verse 32, it says, all right, what's going to fire up the Holy Spirit? Let's, what's going to get him excited? If he's emotional, let's get him excited, right? Be kind. That gets the Holy Spirit excited. Are you a nice person? Well, I'm just not that expressive. The problem is, is you, you, you need to think about the Holy Spirit. Be nice to people. Be kind. It gets the Holy Spirit. Be compassionate. You know what being compassionate is all about? It's all about being, you know, feeling for other people when they're going through a hard time. Have compassion. Living outside of your world to say, I feel what you're going through. What can I do to help? How can I help you? How can I, how can I encourage you? How can I get you from where you are to another spot? Okay, that, that's compassion. Feeling for other people. Be compassionate to one another. And this one is huge. Talked about bitterness, right? Bitterness is from the lack of what? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Let me ask you a question. Is it really worth you holding on to? Is it really worth you holding on to? And that, the Holy Spirit's sitting and watching this whole thing play out and is watching your heart and watching you just hold on to your business and saying it's ruining you from the inside out. And he's going, why can't you just forgive? Just let it go. Well, it's hard for me to let go. Oh, well, I got just the remedy. Forgiving each other just as who? Christ for God forgave you. So let's put it on a scale. This is how much God forgave you. And this is what's required way, way down here for you to forgive somebody else. How does that measure up? So you have a hard time forgiving when Christ God forgave you of so much more. See, and the Holy Spirit's watching this, and he's, he's seeing the injustice here. He's seeing like, you're like the unmerciful servant. You're choking your brother, your sister, saying, pay me back. Apologize to me. You need to see. You hurt me. You wronged me. The Holy Spirit's just going, man, this is so sad. Look at what you're doing. Okay, so let it go. And, and, and like parents, we got some parents here in the room. When your two kids fight, I mean fight, and then they ask for forgiveness from each other and they say, I forgive you. How does that make you feel as a parent? And then fire you up. I used to love to watch my kids forgive each other. Okay? That's what the Holy Spirit feels. He's fired up. He says, Yes. She forgave, he forgave, yes. I'm so happy about that. And there's so many more things, but this is just some of it. So, the next one, number four, I believe it is, or number five, the Holy Spirit has his own desire and will. We're not gonna look at this verse, but 1 Corinthians 12, 11, the Holy Spirit has a personal plan for your life. He knows what God's will is for your life, and he wants to bring that to fruition. He not only has a plan for you, he has a plan for who? All of us as a church. He has a plan for our church. He has a plan for the church worldwide. 
Now, here's the question. If he has his, will, his own will and desire, are we on track with that will and desire? That's where things, that's where things get off track. So my encouragement to you is let's get on track with him. Let's be open. Let's listen to him. What, what is, Holy Spirit, what is your will for me? Today, this morning, this afternoon, how are you going to use me? I'm open. I'm ready. Show me. Okay? Number six, I believe, is the Holy Spirit is omnipotent, omnipotent, I'm sorry, omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. These are theological words that basically mean all-powerful, all-present, always-present, and all-knowing. Okay? All-knowing. That's, that's what it means, those three power words, theological words. So what does that tell you about the Holy Spirit? He knows. And he's with you right now. He can help you. And he wants to move in you. So I'm going to have, I'm gonna have our, 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 our uh, guest services people, if you could, pass out these cards. I have a gift for you today. This may be the best gift you've ever received in your whole life. Seriously. It's not a gift from me. It's a gift from God. I just put it on a card for you. I want you to take this with you. I want you to go through these one by one. Internalize them. Make these a part of your life so that it can transform you, transform your thinking. Okay, this is, this is huge for you. I, I would encourage you this week to take one per day. We're going to go through, there's, I believe there's uh, eight of these promises of the Holy Spirit. I believe there's some more, but this is just some. This is to get you started. All right, we're going to go through these one by one, okay? And, and hold on to this card, please, and, and go through it. Internalize it, as I said, okay? So everybody got a card? I, I believe we have one, enough for one per person. This card is also going to be on our website. So if you want to share it with somebody that you know, you can download it. Send it, to, send it to them. Okay, send it an email. You could post this on Facebook. Okay, this is what you got. All right, you ready to go through them? Everybody got one? Okay, here we go. Promises of the Holy Spirit. You ready? This is what you have. If you are a follower of Jesus and you have followed the plan that we talked about in the beginning of the lesson. The Holy Spirit helps us speak when we are in precarious situations and need to bear witness. I get this promise every single week when I'm in front of you. Precarious situations, and sometimes I go back and watch the video. That wasn't in my notes. That wasn't a part of the plan, and it just happened. And, but I know for some of us, we're at work, Somebody asks us a question, we're in a situation, we don't have an answer. Holy Spirit is there to help you. We've had students in their classes, you know, world religion classes, and the students are going back and forth. Well, I don't know if God exists, I don't know if the Bible's the Word of God, and the student's just sitting there going, boom, and not even trying to shoot the hand shoots up by itself. <laughs> and they stand up and they, boom. God loves you. 
And he wrote this for you so you could be in a relationship with him. It's not a book. It's, it's a story. And then the student sits down. What did I just do? <laughs> Who did that? See, when you're full of him, this is what happens. He moves you. He helps you. That's the first one. Second one here on the first, first, uh, first page. The counselor, which is another word for the Holy Spirit, the counselor teaches and reminds us of what we need to know and what we need to remember. Anybody got any trouble with memory? I, I got trouble with memory. He helps me to remember. He's a counselor. He's a teacher. He is our comforter. Anybody need any comfort today? You have the Holy Spirit. He's there to comfort you. Call on him. Take this promise. He's an advisor. You need some advice? Need to know what to do in a situation? He's there for that purpose, to give you incredible supernatural advice. He's our encourager. Anybody need some encouragement today? You have him. He's there to encourage you. He's there to tell you you are loved by God. And God still believes in you, still has hope for you, still wants to bless you, still wants to bring you back. No matter what you've done, he's there to encourage you and help you. He's our strength. Ever feel weak and weary? He's our strength. He guides us in the way we should go. Ever wondered which way you should go? And here are all the verses that go along with it. Psalm 143, John 14 uh, through 16. Those, those three chapters talk about that. So there are the verses. Take each one of these day by day. Go over them. Internalize them. Take this card with you. Remember, memorize it. Internalize it. Live this out. Live this out so you can have it. Number three, the Spirit... From the Spirit, we receive power to be God's witness to the ends of the earth. How about just my workplace? There too. But he has the power so that you could be an evangelist. Imagine that. It's right there. You're just not taking advantage of him. Okay, he wants to help you to do this. It is the Spirit who draws people to the gospel, the Spirit who equips us with the strength we need to accomplish God's purposes. The Holy Spirit is not only initially draws people to God, but he also draws believers closer to Jesus. And there are the verses that go with it. Number four, the Holy Spirit convicts people of sin. He does, both, he does this both before and when we are in a right relationship with God. It's the before and after. You know, I had a pretty sinful life. And I had a voice that was always telling me, what you're doing is wrong. I had people who loved me very much and saying, what you're doing is hurting yourself and it's hurting God. I got to give credit where credit's due. It's the Holy Spirit. And, and I believe some of you, some of you, the Holy Spirit's trying to tell you there's some things going on in your life that need to change. And you know what you're doing? Uh, you're not listening. Okay? You don't need a good sermon. You just need an open heart, open ears, so God can get you on the right track.
flip the, flip the card. The Spirit brings us life and freedom. Where the Spirit is, there's freedom. You're free to be who God created you to be, not what everybody else wants you to be. Teens, I got to tell you, you got to hear me. Stop trying to be what everybody wants you to be and be who God created you to be. You're free to do that. Who cares what they think? Who cares what your friends think? God created you to be somebody special, to do something special on this planet, in this community. Don't worry about the haters. I guarantee you in 10 years, some of these same people are going to be a wreck. Their lives are going to be a wreck. And they were the most popular, voted to be most successful, most everything else and whatever. And guess what? You're going to look back and go, why did I pay any attention to what that guy, that girl thought? Her life is a wreck. Do you know why it's a wreck? Because she or he went around trying to model their lives with what everybody thinks. Don't you worry about what they think. You worry about what God thinks about you. And he loves you and he believes in you. This is so awesome. No bondage or slavery. And he seals, I talked about it before, he seals our adoptions as sons and daughters. You're in the family. Nobody can take that from you. Nobody. He sealed it. You know, many years ago, we had this anthrax scare. Remember that? And they didn't have seals on the aspirin bottle, Tylenol. I think it was Tylenol. And they have them. In, and people go in the, in, the, in the drugstore and they put stuff in the Tylenol bottle and put the cap back on and leave it up there. People got really sick. So everybody's scared. You know what they do now? They got a safety seal on it. So nobody can mess with it. And if the seal is broken, I'll let you know. Somebody's messed with it. The Holy Spirit has sealed your redemption. Nobody can mess with it except you. Except you. You're the only one that can tamper. Don't tamper. Let him work. Let him work. Awesome. Okay, let's, let's, let's wrap it up. Number, number uh, two on the backside. As members of God's community, each of us is given a manifestation of the Spirit in our lives for the purpose of the common good. We all have something to offer because God, because of what the Spirit has given to us. In other words, each one of us have special gifts. And if you need it, go to these verses and it'll give you a description of those gifts. And those gifts are available to you so that you can be an encouragement to our church and to the community, to your family. And I would hone in on those gifts. Pray about those gifts so that God can, can use those gifts. Number three on the backside of your card. The fruit of being led by the Holy Spirit, by the Spirit of God, includes love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Anybody need any of that? I'll, I'll take a double order, biggie size of all of that. Please. No fries, just this. Okay? Guys, stop, stop and think about this. Stop and think about this, what you have. He wants to produce more 
love in you. Some of you need more love. Okay, you need, I need more love. Joy, how many of us need more joy? Please, joy, where are you? Okay, we need joy. Okay, joy about things that are not fleeting, you know, here today, gone tomorrow. I'm talking real joy. Okay, all these things. And, and things for your relationships, inner peace. Who needs that? Okay, peace, patience. I need a lot of patience. I'm an impatient person. Kindness, goodness. So please go through this. Claim this. Claim this. I have this. Claim it, live it, and ask for the transformation. And the last one here, by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Spirit, we put to death the misdeeds of the body. The Spirit sets us free from sins we cannot get rid of on our own. This is a lifelong process we enter into in, in a partnership with the Spirit when we first believe, Romans 8.2. So this is your card. I can tell you there's things that I could not change without the power of the Holy Spirit. Couldn't do it. I, you can read books about it. You can take courses, go to groups, do all kinds of stuff. There are things that you will not be able to change without the Holy Spirit. But because you have the Holy Spirit, there are things that you can change that you never would have imagined you could change. Never imagined I'd be where I am right now. But guess what? I want more. I want more. Now, with this card, let me remind you as we wrap this up, we're going to take the communion. This came at a price. You were all very encouraged with what you have. But it came at an incredible price. Jesus bled for these promises. Jesus cried out in pain for these promises so that you could have them. Let me ask you this. When we looked at this verse last, last week, 1 Thessalonians 5.19, do not put out the Spirit's fire. What does that mean? It means this. You take this, so what? Or you put it in your back pocket, put it in your folder. You know what you're going to do? And you know what you're already doing? You're putting out the fire that God wants to ignite in your relationships. He wants to ignite in your life. Jesus died so that you could light that fire. So you can make those changes. So let's do this. And why? Because Jesus died. So we could have this treasure. This treasured relationship of the Holy Spirit. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we can take the communion to remember the body that was broken the Son, our Savior, who was broken. God, who was nailed to a cross, who bled, who suffocated, whose heart was broken because of our sin. Father, thank you that he gave everything for us so we could have these promises. God, I want to ask you for forgiveness for us living lives that are, are, are very flat, and not powerful. God, thank you so much that you love us this much, that you would die for us so that we would implement these promises. 
Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. We lift him up right now. We lift up his body, his blood, his, his, his death on the cross, but we lift up his resurrection. Change us, transform us, forgive us. Give us a new beginning today. We love you, Father. Thank you. Bless this communion and fill our lives with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.